This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company. Cross Party by Carolyn and Tom Harris. Do I speak into this? Yeah, hold on. Let me make sure this is working. Testing, testing. One, two, three, four. Yeah, seems fine. Okay, let's go. Can you start by telling me your name and what you had for breakfast? Well, my name is Jeff Henderson, I'm a Conservative MP, and I really am extremely busy. Yeah, of course, right. So, let's crack on. So, Jeff. Mr Henderson. Sorry, Mr Henderson. Tell me about all of the... So, this is a school project, is it? Well, college. Right, college project. Thank goodness this isn't a complete waste of my time, then. What was that? Oh, nothing. Let's crack on, shall we? Fine, yes. Yeah, so, how did it all begin? Well, I suppose the best place to start would be before the general election. You recall the MP's expenses scandal? Absolutely. It's hilarious. Uh, I mean, yes, serious business, that. Quite. Well, we were in our kitchen at home, as it happens, and we were listening to the latest developments on the radio. The News by Sarah Whittaker Parker-Smith. The MP's expenses scandal has claimed its latest victim, with the announcement that the Conservative grandee Sir Thomas Wickham Boothby is to step down from Parliament following revelations that he claimed more than £20,000 for the cost of electric gates and an antique garden gnome. Stand back. Come on now, one question at a time. Sir Thomas, Sir Thomas, come in a few words, please. I want to make it entirely clear that every penny I claimed was entirely within the expensive rules. I do, after all, have a very beautiful and very large garden, and it would be irresponsible if I were not to safeguard that garden against the intrusion of trespassing oaks from the council estate. Turn it off, Ian. It's too painful to listen to. Thank God I'm your researcher, not his. I feel sorry for his stuff. I think the only person he ever employed was a gardener. You'll never guess what the media have christened this one. I bet I can. Garden gate. Garden gate. Gate. God, I hate this country. Don't tell me you feel sorry for the old crook, Jeff. He may be an old crook. Yes? No, that's it. He may be an old crook. On the plus side, you might be able to get his office. Much nicer than yours. I hear it's got a window and everything. Another one of your colleagues bites the dust. At this rate, you won't have any friends left in the Commons. Well, old Wickers is hardly a friend. But I must admit, I feel a bit sorry for him. Why on earth would you feel sorry for him? He's an old fool who deserves everything he gets. Well, there but for the grace of God and all that. What do you mean? You would never have claimed for something that stupid. Would you? Did you? Well, who knows what the bloody press will pick up on, eh? I mean, these days, a perfectly innocent mistake can land you on the front page of the Telegraph before you can say capital gains tax. This bloke I know works for a Labour MP. He says that this MP used to claim for his cocaine supply. Except that that's made up, Ian, isn't it? No, it's true. This bloke caught him at it once, using a rolled-up order paper. And this friend of yours, does he have a name? 
Who does he work for? He said he can't tell me his name. Security, you see. Because his boss was a high-ranking security minister or, or something. Good to see that the wages I pay you are well spent in return for all the first-class intelligence gathering you do for me. Anyway, that's another new candidate who'll have to be selected. And the election due to be called at any time. Um, Jeff. What? Now might be the time to mention, you know, the thing. The thing? What thing? Oh, yes. The thing. The thing? It's nothing. Just a silly idea of Ian's. Forget about it. I would love to know what the thing is. Well, you know how you and Jeff have talked before about the possibility that you might want to stand for Parliament at some point? God, did we? Dim and distant past. I told you she wouldn't be interested, Ian. And old Wicker's seat is right next door to Jeff, so it'd be ideal for you. Ideal for you, apart from it being a pretty tight marginal. Yes, ideal apart from the fact you might not actually win it. So, what do you think, Louise? Ian, I've told you before, Louise isn't cut out for Parliament, are you, darling? Really? Well, one MP in the family's enough, don't you think? You'd hate it in the Commons. You said yourself, it's just an old boy's network. I think old farts network was the phrase I used. Yes, well, you would hate it. The hours are long and the bars are noisy. Oh, I see. Really? What do you see? Frightened I might cramp your style. Steal some of the limelight from the shadow minister for train spotting. For railways. <laughs> of course I'm not worried about that. You'd make a terrific MP. I just don't think you'd be all that happy. Well, you should think about it. She's already thought about it, and she doesn't want to do it. Thank you, Ian. Let me think about it. What? Um, well, I mean, that's great, darling. You know, great that you appear to have changed your mind, thanks to the suggestion of my faithful employee here. Actually, Jeff, I'm thinking about it because of your own little show of support there. The Liberals will put up a strong candidate there, so we'll need someone who's different from Sir Thomas. Different? As in...? Well... You're a woman, and he's... Go on, Ian. You can do it. I don't know what I mean is, you're more attractive than Sir Thomas. Oh, so close. I'm more attractive than Sir Thomas. Is that what you're saying? No, th that's not what I'm trying to... That's like saying she's a better juggler than Abu Hamza. Look, I just meant that Louise would be a more attractive candidate in a marginal seat. Haven't the Lib Dems got a candidate yet? They didn't until last month. He dropped out. Really? Why? Apparently he's a vegetarian, or a vegan, or a fruitarian. All three, actually. So? Well, turned out that his body wasn't quite the temple he claimed it was. What? He was photographed eating a Big Mac? No, he was photographed inhaling crystal meth. Ah. In the company of three young male friends. Three young naked male friends. Gosh. Which I'm sure is just what his wife said when she saw the headlines. So to sum up, he's no longer on the Lib Dems A-list. She'll have a tough fight against whomever they pick to replace him. Are you sure you want to do this? It's an awful lot of work and a very high risk. Well, to be honest, since this whole expenses stuff started appearing, I have been considering my options. Well, that's ironic, because since this whole expenses stuff started appearing, most MPs have been thinking of leaving their clothes on a beach and starting a new life in Australia. You'd hate it, darling. You burn too easily. So, what do you think, Louise? A possibility? The selection process will start almost immediately, I think. 
Oh God, is that the time? I need to get back to work. Can we talk about this later? Goodbye, darling. Well, thanks a lot, old good and faithful servant. Sorry, I meant servant. Why don't you want her to stand? She'd be good. Exactly. Oh, come on, she wouldn't outshine you. You're a shadow minister. You're going to be a real minister in a few weeks, as long as the election goes the right way. Yeah, and it'll be a difficult enough job without having to compete with her for coverage in the local press. I mean, who do you think the TV editors will want on their evening bulletins? Me, or my younger, much more attractive, newly elected wife? Oh, tough one. Exactly. Let's just drop it, shall we? I've other things on my mind. Like what? Expenses? Well, possibly. Oh, God, Jeff, not you too. No, look, forget about it. It's fine. Everything's fine. I don't want to talk about it, all right? Well, if you change your mind, I mean, if you need advice from, you know, a high-level political operator... Well, you can put me in touch with one. Harsh, Jeff. Very harsh. You really think it's that bad for your party, Charlie? Jeff, mate, it's a done deal. This time a month from now, I'll be sitting on the opposition benches counting my redundancy money from the department. You, on the other hand, will be in the lap of luxury and I'll be catching a lift home at night in your ministerial car. Oh, actually, there's no need. There's an express service from Victoria 10.54 using the new Class 404 diesels. Sweet. You really are a strange and tragic individual, comrade. Oh, come on. I'm sure you haven't lost the common touch while you've been a minister. Anyone here waiting for a lemon and blackberry verbena with vanilla sable biscuits? Over here, thanks. I'm sure I'll learn to live among the lower classes once more. Now, tell me about these oyster cards. Are they a type of luncheon voucher? Don't pretend you're remotely ignorant about public transport, Charles. You buy railway magazines just as often as I do. But, unlike you, I have the good grace to hide mine inside a copy of Razzle to avoid embarrassment. <laughs> oh, Charles. My party might not win, you know. Of course you'll win. Unfortunately. And you bloody better get the job. You've been casting an envious eye at my very large train set for four years now. And no one knows his electrical multiple units from his overhead pantographs better than you. Thank you. But talking of such, get a move on or we'd be late for the 1435 Expo. By the way, keep this to yourself. But I think Louise might be thinking of joining the club. Okay. Well, two questions spring to mind. You mean Louise is pregnant? Good God, no. What the hell does 1435 mean anyway? Come on, Charles, you know this. It's the standard railway gauge measured in millimeters. Have you ever kissed a real girl? And Louise is considering joining us here, in the Commons. She's thinking of standing as the candidate in old Wickham Boothby's seat. You don't look very happy about the prospect. Well, I think she's being a bit selfish, to be honest. Really? Well, she's young and attractive. Very articulate, and... And she'll upstage you. Yes. Well, get used to it. It happens to us all. Each new intake brings us new competitors, not new colleagues. Oh, God, is that the time? I'll call the driver, get him to bring the car round to the member's entrance. I'm 
really looking forward to seeing the latest design for the points heaters. You know that 22% of the old ones failed to switch on last winter. Do we have to pick your bobble hat and thermos flask up from the cloakroom? Mr. Henderson, there's a message for you, sir. Oh, thank you. Oh, God. Bad news? The local paper wants to talk to me about Louise. Yes, hello, it's Jeff Henderson here. Look, I'm just leaving to go to an urgent appointment. Is this important? Ah, uh, yes, thanks for calling back. We're about to go to print, and I wanted to add a comment from you to the story I'm writing about your wife. Yes, I thought you might have got hold of that one. Oh, God, what now? Listen, can you hang on just a second? I think that's actually her calling me now. It won't be a second. Hello, darling. Yes, listen, can I call you back? I'm on the other line. Jeff, I need to talk to you first. I'll call you back in a few seconds, okay? But, Jeff, you don't... Sorry about that. Listen, here's my comment. I'm very proud of her, and I'll give her every support, okay? Now, I'm sorry, I really must go. But, Mr. Henderson... You're welcome. Right, let's go. Shouldn't you call Louise back? I'll call her from the car. It can't be that important. There's absolutely no way I'm missing the most important railway industry expo of the year, whatever Louise has to tell me. You realize I'm missing the most important railway industry expo of the year? Why did you want to meet in a coffee shop anyway? It's all a bit cloak and dagger, isn't it? I thought it might be better to have this conversation in a public place. Oh, God. You're not leaving me, are you? Don't be silly. It's much worse than that. It's about standing as a candidate. You know, in Wickham Boothby's seat. Darling, if you've got cold feet, it really doesn't matter. I don't want you to feel pressured into doing something you don't want to do. You know what they say. You can take an electric train onto the Great Western Line, but you can't get it past Reading. It's not that. I'm really keen to stand, actually. But I'm... You are? I'm... I mean, that's wonderful news, I suppose. In fact, I've already been selected as the candidate. The meeting was last night. Last night? But I thought you said you were at the extraordinary general meeting of your yoga club last night. Remember? I said that getting a quorum might be a bit of a stretch. Yes, I remember, darling. And I told you then it was hilarious. But, Jeff... But that's... uh, That's wonderful news. Good for you. Well, obviously, I help whenever I can, but you understand I'll have my own seat to concentrate on during the campaign. Wait, Jeff, there's a detail I haven't explained to you yet. Look, I know it's a marginal, but if you don't win it, it's not the end of the world. Jeff, I wasn't selected as the Tory party candidate. What? Oh, make up your mind, darling. You just told me you were. No, I said I'd been selected as a candidate. I didn't say which parties. Jeff? Jeff, you've got that look on your face again. You know, the one you had when you were two and a half chapters into Stephen Hawking's A Brief History of Time. I'm confused. That's the one. But you said... And then I thought... And you? Almost there, darling. Oh, God. The eagle has landed. Who? Labour. Lib Dem. Oh, my God. What were you thinking? Well, it started off a few years ago. I was getting bored in the Tory party, getting too comfortable. I felt taken for granted. And then, suddenly, the prospect of a new party, well, it was exciting. 
At first it was just a harmless flirtation, but then things got more serious. I went to meetings. Where? In hotels, mostly. I feel sick. I used a fake name at first. I would feel guilty afterwards, but satisfied, too. I'd come home to you and make up something about where I'd been. You lied to me. I was thinking of you the whole time, I promise. You were? Yes, thinking about how much I disagree with you on everything. Oh. After a while, I knew I had to stop living a lie, to start afresh. So that's what I've done. Are we still talking about politics here? Because I'm a bit confused. My name is Louise Henderson, and I'm a Lib Dem. I can't believe this. I feel violated. You're being less supportive than I'd have liked. What will the party think? Poor old Henderson can't even convince his own wife to support us. How can we trust him with a ministerial job? Nonsense. Who talks like that these days? Oh, who cares? I do. Oh, Louise, why didn't you warn me? But this could be the biggest disaster since Parliament rejected Brunel's seven-foot-and-a-quarter-inch gauge in 1846. Exactly what I was thinking. You read the signs. What signs? When you started reading The Guardian. Only for the TV reviews. With the recycling. It saves space in the kitchen. The muesli. You had eaten all the honey-nut-sugar-frosted shreddies. You didn't have to keep this a secret. Well, you can get treatment for this kind of thing nowadays. Oh, now let's be mature about this. Well, let's be mature about this. Jeff! Grow up. Yeah, grow up. We need to draw up a joint press statement. There's bound to be some media interest in the wife of a shadow Tory minister standing for the opposition. Jeff. Jeff, what's wrong? Why is the colour just drained from your face? The press. Oh, God. Excuse me, I've got an appointment to see the Chief Whip. Is he around? Jeff, thanks for popping by. Oh, there you are, Chief. You wanted to see me? Yes, 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 yes. Come in, come in, come in. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Okay, okay, okay. Pardon? Um, is there something you wanted to see me about? It's not every day the Chief Whip asks to see a humble front bencher. Have you seen the front page of the Evening Echo? Well, yes, actually, I... I've got a copy here, as it happens. Oh, good. Yes, 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 here it is. Quite a headline, isn't it? Well, headlines, eh? They're never very accurate. Top Tory backs wife against his party. Ah, that's journalism these days, isn't it? Not remote. And there's a subheading here. Oh, is there? Henderson's betrayal blows battle for key marginal wide open. Betrayal? That's putting it a bit strong, I think. What are we going to do about this, Geoffrey? Well, I don't... Geoffrey, 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 you don't need to convince me you're loyal to the party. Well, good-o. No, 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 it's not me that needs convincing. It's the leader of our great party who, at this very moment, is looking at a list of potential ministers. In the event the impending election goes our way, you understand. And you know what he's pencilled against your name, Jeff? A love heart? A question mark, Geoffrey. The leader, the man we all hope and pray will soon be asked by Her Majesty to form a government, has written a question mark by your name. That's not a good sign, is it? No, Geoffrey, that is not a good sign. Well, look, Chief, in this day and age, I can hardly dictate to my wife what she wants to do with her life. She's a very strong-willed person. It's one of the reasons I married her in the first place. I understand, I understand, I understand. The leader's own beloved soulmate is, as we know, blessed with a fiercely independent streak. Her naked protest against the airport runway thing, you mean? 
Britain's next First Lady may well have had her generous assets spread, as it were, over the pages of the less reputable popular press, Jeff. But she never defected to the enemy. Well, neither did Louise. Turns out she hasn't been a member of the Tory party in years. Apparently. This doesn't really help, Jeff. Let's just hope our own candidate in that seat is successful on polling day, eh? Yes, Chief. Look on the bright side, Jeff. Okay. Which one is that? Well, you, you may have an errant wife who, win or lose, will deeply embarrass the party and more than likely cripple the once-promising career of her husband. You said something about a bright side, Chief. But at least, unlike so many others in our ranks, you have not caused our leader or our party any embarrassment on the expenses front. Well, actually, about that... About what? Well, this expenses business. I mean, who knows what the hacks of Fleet Street will jump on without any justification. Some perfectly understandable claims, well within the rules, claimed in good faith. Is there something you're trying to tell me, Geoffrey? No. No, Chief. Everything's fine. Good, good, good. Well, off you pop. Off you pop. Off you pop. Yes, Chief. And he says that all MPs should be put in stocks and pelted with... Oh, I can't quite read his writing here. Huh, yes, pelted with dog excrements. I get the gist. You realise it doesn't actually say excrement. I got that, yes. I was just using excrement as a polite way of saying... Sh yes, thank you, Ian. I get the picture. Send him a thank you for your support letter. What's next? Um, hang on. Um, I think this is... No, um, sorry. Hang, hang on. Oh, good grief. It's okay. I found it, I think. Uh, yes. Here we are. It's Mrs. Bailey again. Her drain's still not fixed? Let me see. Um, there are more of them around these days. Uh, hanging around street corners. Breaking into houses. Dealing drugs. What are they coming over here for anyway? Why don't they stay in their own country? Uh, it's because they're claiming benefits, uh, a disgrace. Uh, if it was up to me, I'd send them all back. Yeah, it's a drain again. Will I tell her that we're still waiting to hear back from the council? Yes. Oh, and she says here at the end, she's so sorry to hear about your wife and she hopes you're coping. Time's the great healer, apparently. Bloody hell. It's my favorite bit. You've still got my vote. We don't want them Tories getting back in. You're joking. <laughs> Just write back to her, pointing out that I've been the Conservative MP here for eight years and that I hope she will continue to support my party. Seriously? No. Just say thank you for your kind words. What's next? That's everything. And what's in the big folder there? What folder? Oh, right, yeah, this folder. Do get a grip, Ian. Oh, of course. This is for Mr Singh. The tax people again. Actually, no. He just emailed to, um, to offer his condolences. Have I said bloody hell already? Yes. She's not dead, for goodness sake. Still, at least he doesn't think I'm a bloody Labour MP. Ian, I said at least he doesn't think I'm a member of the Labour Party. He says, I know you'll be busy during the campaign, but there's no need to knock at my door. You're guaranteed our votes. Well, that's nice. Because we've always been Labour in this house. Oh, what's the point? Thank him for his support. Yes. And for goodness sake, make sure you send the letters out this time. 
that constituent who urgently needed a letter of support to halt his deportation phoned me from Somalia last week. Please tell me that's the last item on the agenda. Just this card that arrived this morning. No, don't tell me deeper sympathy in your wife screwing up your political career. Close. Uh, defection is the artist's cross to bear. You're kidding. There's a card for that now. Give it here. Oh, for goodness sake. There's actually a rhyme inside. When life is brutal and trying, when it's hard to get by, just remember, there's so little point in denying that your wife's now a Lib Dem member. People are thoughtful, aren't they? to go until polling day, the opinion polls are still predicting the first hung parliament for more than three decades, raising the prospect of a coalition government. Following his televised verbal assault on a frail pensioner, bookmakers have lengthened the odds on the Prime Minister staying in office, while the Conservative leader has once again apologised to the Queen after his wife described the execution of the Russian royal family in 1918 as quite a good idea at the time. Just shows how little our so-called media know about politics. Coalition? Not a chance in hell. You don't think so? Absolutely not. Look, the way the Labour campaign's imploding, there's no way they'll have enough MPs after the election to get a majority, even with the help of the muesli munchers. What about our side? Wouldn't we do a deal with... What did you just call them? Muesli munchers. Do you call them that when Louise is around? No, and no again. There's no way on earth there could ever be a deal between us and the Lib Dems. I have a finely honed and unfailingly accurate political instinct, and it's screaming not a chance at me. Never gonna happen, I guarantee it. Right, now let's concentrate on stuff that's actually going to happen. What does my diary look like this week? Well, tomorrow you're meeting with your socialist pal, Butterballs. Butterworth! Just make sure no one sees you two together, that's all we need. You in the papers fraternising with the enemy, as if your personal relationships haven't exposed you to enough criticism already. Talking of which... Oh. Hello, darling. Didn't expect to see you home so soon. Oh, hard on the campaign trail again, I see. Is that your third or fourth cup of coffee? We've only just got here. Fourth. Honestly, I've been up since six this morning. When did you finally leave the house, Jeff? Not long after you, actually. Eleven. I delivered more than 500 leaflets and knocked on more than 100 doors before lunch. What have you done today? Well, we analysed the media situation. Read your copy of Heat. Done some voter identification? Got called tosses by some teenagers. Well, to be fair, we identified them as non-voters. They were about 14. Very accurate voter identification, in fact. Oh, how wonderful it must be to have a safe seat. How very relaxing. Darling, no one forced you to stand in the tightest Tory Lib Dem marginal in the country. Oh, I know. Oh, I'm sorry. I've just been working so hard on this campaign and I'm beginning to wonder if it's going to be worth it. Really? You think we'll... Sorry, I mean the Tories will hold on. Well, if you do, it's only because Labour are fighting tooth and nail to make it happen. Labour? They're actually running a good campaign. But it's me they're taking votes from, not the Tories. 
And the Tories are turning all their fire on you and easing up on Labour, I presume? Of course. Oh, it's just so cynical and dishonest. Cynicism? Dishonesty? You must be mistaken, darling. This is a general election. Oh, you boys are having such a good time, aren't you? So what are your plans for the rest of the week? Jeremy Kyle, cash in the attic. We are not spending this campaign watching daytime television. Loose women. Apart from loose women, obviously. Well, if you're looking for something to do... You know I would if I could, Louise, honestly. No, he wouldn't. I know, I know. (laughs) The press would love it if they got a picture of you delivering leaflets for the enemy. Oh, God, I cannot wait for this campaign to be over. I can get back to my own life. Mind you, I'm not sure how well you're going to go down with Jeff's local association after this. Well, we'll just tell them you had a nervous breakdown and that you're on medication now. Thank you for being so supportive, darling. And then he grabs the Chancellor by his eyebrows and Ed butts him. The close protection officers didn't know whether to laugh or draw their weapons. Blimey! Prayer breakfasts aren't what they used to be, eh? I'm telling you, comrade. However bad our campaign looks on telly, it's a hundred times worse behind the scenes. We're going to lose. And lose big. And those bloody televised debates hardly helped, did they? I think there's a lot of public sympathy for the PM, actually. Everyone makes mistakes. And what was the exact quote? Ah, yes, it comes back to me. If you don't vote for me, that makes you a racist. Charming. So statesmanlike. Well, our man didn't exactly cover himself in glory. I mean, for God's sake, telling the unemployed they should rely on their trust funds before claiming benefits. Anyway... Once we've managed to get this little inconvenience, known as our respective elections, behind us, we'll be facing a whole new political world, I'm afraid. You really think you'll hang on by doing a deal with that lot? Well, if we don't, you will. Charles, there isn't a chance in hell of the Lib Dems doing a deal with us, ever. I guarantee it. Though Louise would love it. How's her campaign going, by the way? I hear our man is making it difficult for her to gain traction. So she was telling me. She sounds pretty down about it, to be honest. I may be able to help. Really? Yes. Well, our man hasn't a hope, and if we're going to move into the era of new politics, it would be better for our side if it were the Socks and Sandals Brigade who won there rather than you lot. And besides, our candidate is completely bonkers. Really? Doesn't seem so. Quite a good performer, according to Louise. Well, fortunately for her, our candidate happens to have a past. Oh, God. The poor sod. Precisely. Now, I've written down the address of a website you need to get Louise to have a look at. I would be surprised if she wasn't able to make use of it between now and Polling Day. Uh, Jeff, you do want to help Louise, don't you? I suppose. Look, here's the information. Do what you want with it. It's between you and your conscience. (laughs) I forgot. You're a Tory. Well, it's between you and your tax accountant. She probably won't even appreciate it coming from me. Wants to win it all on her own without the help of her lord husband, eh? Something like that. Feminists, eh? 
Still, if it keeps the little poppets busy, bless. I'm not sure if anything will help at this stage anyway. She's only got one more hustings before polling day. Hustings meetings. Oh, God. Why do we put ourselves through it, Jeff? You know that back in the day, MPs used to visit their constituencies once every year and they would throw a parade to mark the occasion. Nowadays, they expect us to live in the bloody places cheek by jowl with our voters in their bloody little two-up, two-downs. You've never thought of crossing the floor to us, Charles? Not a chance, comrade. Too many snobs on your side. Two words, ladies and gentlemen. Wasted vote. A vote for the Liberal Democrats is a wasted vote. <laughs> Thank you. Now, the next part of the meeting allows the candidates themselves to ask questions of each other. First is the Liberal Democrat candidate, Ms Louise Henderson. Thank you. My question is to the Labour candidate. I'd like to ask... Oh, God. Well, here goes. I'd like to ask the Labour candidate which of the protocols of Atlantis he finds most inspiring. What? That is outrageous! Can't you remember what they are? I can refresh your memory if you'd like. This is most unorthodox, Miss Henderson. Perhaps you could explain what your question actually means. The Liberal candidate is attempting to smear me. That is what it means. Mr Chairman, a few years ago, the Labour candidate wrote a book explaining his theory that the human race is descended from six-feet-tall hamsters. Nonsense! Hamsters from outer space. They weren't hamsters. They were cosmic rodents. Mr Chairman, any voter in this constituency can read the details here in this book. How the hell did you get that? It's been out of print for years. Two words, ladies and gentlemen. eBay. <laughs> Three days after polling day, it's no clearer who will form the next government. Coalition talks between the Conservative and Liberal Democrat parties have broken up without agreement, and speculation is now turning to a possible Labour-Lib Dem deal. So close. So close. I can't believe I lost. That's what happens when you're up against the professional. <laughs> How could you have got that question wrong? Everyone knows the first Star Wars film was episode four. Well, that's just ridiculous. Who starts with the fourth part? And I thought it was a trilogy anyway. Too late. I get the sixth piece of pie and am therefore declared supreme trivial pursuit player of all time. I'm talking of trivial pursuit... How do you think the coalition talks are going? Oh, I'm scared to even think about it. Well, you better start thinking about it. You're an honourable member now. Yes, it's now part of your job description to be kept in the dark and told what to think, say and do by your party whips. I still can't believe I won! And after only four recounts. I heard about these two candidates, right? And they were tied and they were forced to wrestle to the death to decide it. Yes, I'm sure that's a well-known fact in the land of mad. Anyway, Louise, I couldn't be prouder. An amazing victory. Thank you, darling. 
It helped that the Labour campaign dissolved into chaos after their man was revealed as a hamster worshipper. I heard about this bloke, right, who arrived at accident and emergency Different with... kind of hamster worshipper, Ian. So, are we really going to have a coalition, Jeff? No. Our lot are as opposed to it as yours. I mean, who wants to get into a relationship that everyone knows is doomed from the start? I can think of at least one other pairing that people thought would never happen. What? You two? Mm-hmm. We were complete opposites, weren't we, darling? Nothing in common. Different tastes in music, books, cinema... Politics. Politics. In fact, when we first met, I didn't even like him. Really? That's putting it mildly. First time I spoke to her, she sneered at me. Actually sneered. Well, there was something utterly repugnant about you, darling. My wife, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, but he obviously grew on you. He wore me down. You do know I'm still in the room, don't you? Dead romantic. Sounds like a scene from when Harry met Sally. More like Turner and Hooch. (laughs) And who exactly is the dog in this scenario? The point is, if we worked, maybe a coalition could too. Not a great analogy, I'm afraid. Coalitions aren't like marriages. With one, you've got to achieve mutual respect, trust, work on your differences. And with marriage, you have to remember birthdays and take out the bins. It would be exciting, but I suppose you're right. It couldn't happen here. So, how do these things work? You wait. That's it? You wait? You wait. And if the cold doesn't come? Then it doesn't come, and... You get on with your life. And you go outside and beat a small, defenceless mammal to death with a golf club. Is that actually in the Constitution? Because I think that's really cruel. Oh, sorry. He'll call. I'm sure of it. Are you? He should have called by now. He's finished the Cabinet. He was supposed to be doing the middle-ranking ministers yesterday and today. Why wouldn't you get a job? You don't have any skeletons in your closet. Jeff, why are you giving me that look? Oh, come on. I'm not the reason he hasn't called. I know. I wish you were. What? What do you mean? Well, pick it up. It's not number ten. How do you know? Caller displays. Downing Street don't use mobiles to call you. So? Pick it up anyway. No, it'll be a journalist. One of those hot-shot investigative reporters with a razor-sharp analytical mind just waiting to destroy my career with a cleverly sculpted phrase. Oh, God. Here goes. Hello. Hi, Jeff. What? Ian. Just checking your phone's working. You know, just in case the Prime Minister's trying to get through. Hang up the damn phone. Okay. Let me know if he calls. Bye. You know, I heard that once, right? The Prime Minister phoned up an MP to offer him a job, but the MP wasn't in. But his house was being burgled at the time, and the burglar answered the phone, and the Prime Minister gave him the job. And it's the law that he had to be given it because the Prime Minister offered him it, even though it was a mistake, and it was the burglar and not the MP. You do realise that we can hear you when you talk, don't you? Darling, why are you so worried about a journalist phoning the house? (laughs) Well, I suppose you have the right to know why we'll both be on the back benches. Go on. 
Just bear in mind this was a long time ago, before they clamped down on what MPs could claim. I don't like the sound of this. And if the claim hadn't been allowed, they wouldn't have paid, would they? What did you claim for? Darling, I can assure you it was something that was used exclusively and entirely in my role as a Member of Parliament. What? A karaoke machine. A karaoke machine? You sing karaoke? In your flat? It relaxes me. He's actually very good. A karaoke machine? It's a pretty basic one, actually, but the sound quality is very good. A karaoke machine? Oh! <laughs> Found it! Not now, Ian. You used taxpayers' money to buy a karaoke machine so that you and your fellow MPs could spend your nights singing Elvis songs after the adjournments. Mostly Michael Bublé, actually. Karaoke machine. I knew it was here. Couldn't remember what the form said until you just reminded me. What are you rambling about now? And please, pick up the rest of those papers. Honestly, filing systems are a foreign land to you, aren't they? Look, it's one of your old expenses claims. I thought I'd submitted it, but I must have, um, overlooked it. Look, if you want to sign it just now, I'll shove it in the post, and hopefully you'll get reimbursed before Parliament meets. Let me see that. Oh, my God. This is it. You mean you never submitted it? Yeah, sorry about that. Like I say, if you just sign there, I can pop it in the post. Oh, oh, but this is wonderful. This is marvellous. There's no other shoe to drop. There's no other shoe. What's going on? I'm not sure, but I think Jeff may be frightened of a one-legged man. Well, don't you see? This is the expenses claim. I was terrified of coming to light, but it won't now because it was never submitted. Oh, it was lost in the infinite black hole of Ian's incompetence. So, uh, just to check, you don't want me to submit this anymore? God, I am so relieved. You, my shambolic friend, are a genius. If there's anything I can do for you, anything at all, just name it. Can I get a rise? No. But you know what this means? There's nothing standing between you and your job now. The PM might still ring. In fact, I'm absolutely sure he will. Well... Answer it! Hello, Jeff Henderson. <laughs> yes, of course. Number 10 switchboard. Bloody hell. I never actually thought he would phone. <laughs> yes, good afternoon, Prime Minister. How are you coping with the new job? Glad to hear it. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, right. I see. Uh, no, no, of course, I understand. Somebody has to make way for our new coalition partners. Well, that's kind of you to say so, Prime Minister. Well, I won't keep you. I... I know you must have plenty of others to phone. Pardon? Louise. What? Oh, yes, Prime Minister. She's standing right here. I'll pass you over. Hello? Yes, this is she. What? Seriously? Oh, I see. Well, uh-huh. Oh, I understand, and I'm flattered, Prime Minister, but, well, I'm sure you see the difficulty. My husband, Jeff. Jeff Henderson. Y you just spoke to him. About a minute ago? Henderson, that's right. Very well. 
Yes, thank you. I'll call you back. I have a horrible feeling I already know what just happened. Oh, Jeff. I'm so sorry. On the bright side... What? what? Uh, I, I already said. Um, your new office. It's big. And that's how my wife became a minister and I didn't. And you weren't jealous or anything? Of course I was jealous. Someone who's been an MP for about 20 minutes, who wasn't even in my own party, was given the job I'd been preparing for more than five years. So, how did things go after that? Downhill. You have been listening to a download from the Wireless Theatre Company. Cross Party by Carolyn and Tom Harris. Starring Andrew McBean as Jeff Henderson. Sarah Whitehouse as Louise Henderson. Richard Gittis as Ian Gardiner. Nicholas Lucas as Charles Butterworth. Mark Fairclough as the Chief Whip. And Matt Blair as the student. All other parts were played by members of the cast. Cross Party was recorded by Carlos Ziccarelli at Unity Studios, edited by Malcolm Thorpe, produced by Marielle Runnicker-Temple and George Maddox, and directed by George Maddox. Thank you.